Good morning and welcome to our Daily Word and Prayer. My name is Tom Short. So glad to have you along with us today as I come to you from Tallahassee, Florida, where we'll be preaching today. Either here, we might have some rain, so we might go down to University of Florida today. We'll be one of the two places. I appreciate your prayers. Anyway, so glad to have you along as we get to the Word of God here. We talk about the Word of God. The Word of God's alive. It's, it's life-changing. I think today's message is going to be life-changing for you. If you take it to heart, it'll make a difference. Let's get right into it, okay? We've been talking about the conscience and how Paul tells us, in view of this, I also do my best to maintain always a blameless conscience, both before God and before men. And we've talked about being blameless yesterday before God and how to, how to resist the voice of the accuser. Today, I want to just talk about having that blameless conscience. I have a question. Do you ever argue with your conscience? Does that still small voice in you tell you something's right or something's wrong or just kind of say, don't do it, don't do it, or yes, you need to do this? The conscience can tell you both. It can tell you what not to do or what you should do. And sometimes it doesn't make sense. Sometimes we argue with our conscience and we try and have it, we, we try and explain why I should do this. Tell me why I should do this or why I shouldn't do this. And sometimes when we do that, we get in big mistakes. We'll see why here in just a minute. The conscience, let's remind ourselves, what is it? It's the soul as distinguishing between what is morally good and bad, prompting us to do the former, the good thing, and shun the latter, to commend one and to condemn the other to commend what is good and to choose and embrace and to follow what is good and to reject and to despise what is bad. And so this is the conscience. The conscience is gift, the gift of God. Now, sometimes our conscience can be poorly formed. Sometimes we can write the wrong things on our conscience and we can develop a wrong value system. This can happen if we grow up rejecting the Word of God or our parents rejected the Word of God or our education rejected the Word of God because the conscience is designed to work with the truth of God. And it's designed to help us understand what's right and what's wrong on the inner being. And it can sense things and it can, and it can tell things. And it's a vehicle used by the Holy Spirit to keep us on track. Unfortunately, Some people argue with their conscience. I've argued with my conscience before. And today, the primary way we argue with our conscience is the people ask this, people ask this question, what's wrong with a particular behavior? And they justified it doesn't hurt anyone. And when you're arguing with your conscience, this is exactly what you're doing. You're justifying your behavior. Your conscience is telling you in a quiet, small voice, or sometimes it's screaming at you, it's saying wrong, wrong, wrong. And you, and you haven't entered into this argument with it. Well, what's wrong with it? It's not hurting anybody. I'll tell you how many college students I've talked to. I mean, countless numbers of college students have said this, for instance, about homosexuality. What's wrong with it? It's not hurting anyone. It's not hurting you, they'll say, is another take on this. It's not hurting you. It's not hurting them. It's consensual. They want to do it. It's a, and of course, if you, by the same thinking, you could... You could have premarital sex. You could have the use of drugs. You could have all kinds of things. The truth is, the problem with asking this question and having to justify what the conscience is telling us, having to justify what God is telling us, is that we have the ability to justify just about anything. I've known of people who've justified their adultery, 
cheating on their spouse. I know of people who've justified, we know of people, it's in the news, people who justify killing others. For goodness sakes, in the last century alone, there were whole genocides justified. Hitler justified the Holocaust saying it will help the German people. And people bought along it, bought into it. My friends, there's no limit to what the human soul, the human being, the human mind seems to be able to justify in its pursuit of its own selfishness and an exaltation of itself. Indeed, God tells us in Romans 1 that when we reject God and when we just we don't honor God as God, that in time we're given over to a depraved or a reprobate mind so that we might approve the things that are wicked and wrong. And we might even come to the place where we not only do them, but we celebrate and encourage others in doing them. The mind is a strange thing because it can, it can accept the worst of lies and it can speak against the conscience. And we read that in, in other scriptures, of course, First Timothy 4, that when we consistently disobey the conscience, our conscience gets seared, like branded, like a cow that gets branded. And it hurts at first to get that branding. But in time, in time, it doesn't hurt anymore because all the nerve endings have been, uh, been burnt and they're gone. They never, they never rejuvenate. And likewise, sometimes people sear their conscience. They justify, they argue with their conscience to the place where then they can do things that they once would have thought no way. And they're justifying it and doing it regularly. This has happened with Christians. This has happened with Christians in, ministry, in positions of leadership. This has happened to Christian heroes, people who fall. I wonder how in the world, how in the world do some of these Christian leaders get involved in affairs, ongoing affairs, or visit a prostitute or do something? What have they lost their minds? Well, what they've done is they've silenced their conscience. And they no longer listen to it. And in time, they can justify, just like anybody else, they can justify just about anything. What ought we be asking? Instead of having to explain why or justifying it doesn't hurt anyone or any other explanation for our sin, what does God say? Psalm 51.6. When David was repenting from his sin with Bathsheba, he wrote Psalm 51. And he said, behold, you desire truth in the innermost being. And in the hidden part, you will make known wisdom. God desires truth in the inmost being. His desire is where our mind and our innermost being no longer argues with our conscience. That our con- that the, the two are 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 in in uh, they're, they're one and the same, because our innermost being has been so renewed not by our sinful uh, imprinting, but renewed by the word of God, the truth of God, so that our conscience and our mind and what we would argue with, shall we say, they're the same. Not because our conscience has been seared and hardened, but because our mind has been renewed by the truth of God. This is our goal. This is when a person has peace. This is when that Romans 7 conflict where he says, in my innermost, my inner man, I want to do what is right. I want to obey the law of God, but there's another law in my members that's arguing and fighting with this. 
This is when we get to the place of real peace, when our innermost being and our conscience led by the Holy Spirit are in agreement with one another. We'll notice also here until then, what does, what's the wisdom of Solomon to his son? The wisdom of Proverbs, one of the great verses of the Bible. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. What are we referring to? Trusting the Lord. Trusting that the Lord is, the, is that gentle, small voice speaking to your conscience. Trusting the Holy Spirit is the one who's, who's uh, leading you and who's urging you and who's nudging you. And don't lean on your own understanding. Don't argue with God. Don't, don't, sit, don't, don't make God prove it. Don't require God to justify it. Either God's word to justify it or as the Holy Spirit is speaking to your conscience. Now, as we saw yesterday, the heart is deceitful above all else and desperately sick. So it's sometimes difficult to distinguish between a conscience that's really guided by the word of God and the truths God wants us to have versus a heart that is deceptive or even a conscience that has been misguided, a conscience that has been seared, a conscience that's gotten off track. This is why ultimately we get back to the word of God. In Proverbs 3, verse 5 and 6, we usually say trust in the Lord refers to trusting in the word of God. But there are those times when, when our conscience, as informed by the word of God, just kind of is saying, no, 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 don't do that. Don't do that. Can I tell you in my own personal life, some of the biggest mistakes I have made, some of the things I most deeply regret in my own life come from my conscience telling me one thing, and I argued with it, and I justified it. I even got counsel over it. I even talked to others about it. I, I got advice on something I should do, and they kind of justified it as well. But when I made the bad decision, boy, my conscience screamed, and I wish I could take it back. I've never regretted listening to that still small voice and obeying it. There have been times I've regretted that I didn't. Don't argue with your conscience. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, 18 and 19, that some who've rejected a good conscience have suffered shipwreck. Some people have chosen not to follow that still small voice of the Holy Spirit urging us to be right and to walk in integrity. There have been times I've it's cost me. I remember one time, just a personal experience, I, I uh, was, was buying, I was leasing a car and I needed it quickly. And I asked the guy, it was the, the, I didn't have time to sign the paperwork. And I asked the guy, would you, you know, make sure and do it for me? And and he said, well, we got to sign the paperwork. I said, oh, I really need it. And they were the bank was closed and he agreed to do it for me and slept on it, got buyer's remorse. The next morning I said, you know, I can't go through with it. Well, had already bought the car. He is already out some money. And I got some counsel. What should I do? And my counsel was, well, did you sign the contract? No. Well, that's how business is done. Just, you know, you're free and clear. But I didn't feel right about it. I didn't feel right about it. And you know what I chose to do? I made payments on that car until they were able to sell it. Now that cost me some money, but it gained me my integrity. I slept well at night. I knew that no one suffered because they trusted me. You see, my, my mind said, save the money. The council said, save the money. My conscience said, walk uprightly, do, do what's right. Someone went out on a limb for you. Don't make them suffer for that. You see cases like this, your integrity matters. God sees things like this. In Daniel chapter one, God saw when Daniel made up his mind, he would not defile himself. No one else knew it. All the other 
Hebrew youths who were being indoctrinated by the Babylonians. They, were, they weren't going along with it, but Daniel made up his mind. And indeed, we're not talking about those, all those other Hebrew kids that, that yielded and went along with the Babylonians. Yet now, 3,000 years later, we're talking about Daniel because he became a hero of the faith. He walked with integrity. He, he listened to his conscience. He obeyed the law of God. He did what was right, being willing to suffer, and God honored him greatly. Let's you and I be people like that. Let's you and I be people who are being talked about in heaven. And if, if earth is around 3,000 years from now, they'll be talking about us then too. Amen? Father in heaven, thank you for this gift of a good conscience. We confess, Lord, that we often argue with it and try and make it justify what it's telling us. And I pray, Father, that we would learn how to listen and to trust the voice of the Holy Spirit, that you are often speaking to us through, by the Holy Spirit through our conscience, that still small voice. And I pray, Lord, that we would be people who we have the truth of God in our innermost being. And because we have it there, we live by it faithfully, fully. We, we allow you, Lord, to, to have truth deep inside of us. I pray, Father, that, you, that those of us who come here regularly, those of us part of this community, we would be walking in integrity and in peace. Peace because we're not violating our conscience. We're not going against what you're telling us to do, but we're walking uprightly. And we know that even if we suffer for it, we are pleasing to you. There's nothing more wonderful. And I pray we'd walk in that peace. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Hey, thanks for being with me today. I'm so glad to have you along. You know, we get here every day. If you're new today, I hope you'll join our community. Subscribe, hit the, hit the like button, share a comment below. Tell me who you are, introduce yourself, and, and share this with your friends. We believe that if we want to be strong and mighty Christians, you got to be in the Word of God more than just when you feel like it, more than just a sermon once a week. But we need daily input of the Word of God. That's why I come here every day. And I'm so glad to have the opportunity to be sharing God's Word with you, knowing I'm sowing seed on good soil. It's taking good root and changing lives. I hope if you're new, you'll join our community. Be a part of this be a part of this solution. Amen. Not the problem. Grow in the Lord, be strong in God. And that happens as we get into the word of God and let it feed us every day. You eat food every day, feed your soul every day. Amen. So to those of you here regularly, I love you. You know, I do. God bless you. I'm so glad you're here with us until we meet tomorrow. Might God fill you with strength, peace, courage, faith, as you walk with him, walk uprightly, and listen to that still small voice of the Holy Spirit who guides you in the paths, who makes your paths straight. Amen? God bless you. I love you, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.